Well, welcome. Good morning. It's so nice to see you so neatly spread out. And if you people who have analytical linear minds like mine, they just thrive on this. And, and uh, welcome to the balcony people as well. <laughs> Good to see you up there. Thanks for being with us today, whether you're on site or joining us online. Well, this is the time of year where we would typically start a new sermon series. Uh, but today, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to start a new series next week. And I'll actually, just give you a bit of a preview of what we're going to be doing. Over the last couple years, we've taken some time and we've done some character studies that a lot of people have found very interesting and, and quite popular and formative to our lives. We've, if you've been with us for the last couple years, you'll know that we have done uh, a story on the calling and struggle of Jonah. We spent some time talking about Daniel who took a stand and we looked at the resiliency of Joseph. Remember those series? We went through. If you want to uh, listen to those or perhaps be reminded of those, you can go to westmeadows.org anytime and they're available for you there in the archives as well. But starting next week, I want to add another character to our list of character um, series that we've been doing. And we're going to start walking through the life of Moses starting next week. Now, Moses is a fascinating guy. He's, he's a man who was at birth sentenced to death simply for the crime of being born. But then he's adopted into royal family, but eventually that's the royal family that actually seeks his demise, whom he needs to run from, and then he is called by God and equipped and prepared to lead people into God's promised land. And through it all, through all of this events that happen in his life, it's amazing to see how God's hand was at work upon the call upon his life as he was guided by God to become the instrument of redemption for God's people. And so like Moses, starting next week, I'm hoping that we'll have a chance to spend a few weeks coming face to face with the God of purpose, of protection, and of provision. So I want to invite you to join us for that starting next week. But today, I want to bring a little joy. We want to bring a little bit of hope into your life by celebrating different types of new life that people can experience in Jesus. Now, Throughout this past year, there is no lack of ways that we as our ecclesia, if you're with us last week, there's no, there's no lack of ways that we as the ecclesia here at West Meadows has experienced and have reason to celebrate new life. For example, we have continued over the last year and a half to be active in our community. We have other churches that use our facilities so that they can lead people and disciple people as well. We've rented out parts of our church to serve the community. We're holding the elections here to serve our community. We have day camps for kids. We have the daycare that is over like 60 kids now every day that come through. It is noisy by Shelly's desk. It's, it's great for her. Mine's really quiet. <sighs> Uh, this coming weekend, we're going to have a drive-in movie here to serve our community, and we have volunteers who are helping to, to, to share love with those people. We've innovated the past year and a half with West Meadows at Home as we continue to improve and invest in those areas to literally reach the world. Do you know every week we have people from outside Alberta, outside Canada, even different continents that tune in to West Meadows at Home? One of them, we're not going to put him on the spot here, but one of them sitting in the front row, his name's Jonathan. He's from England, and he watches every week week, but he's here with us today. So we're reaching through West Meadows at home. We have fruitfulness of ministry as we constantly invite people to come in all of these ways I've mentioned already to come into relationship with us, but ultimately to give their lives to Jesus through profession of faith and through walking through the waters of baptism. 
We've seen other people who have gone deep and they've deepened the well of their spiritual life. People, we've been faithful this past year and a half. We've adapted our ministries to the guidelines that exist around us, but we continue to move forward in ministry. Our finances are strong and our congregation continues to strive for unity, even in the midst of difficult, divisive situations and perspectives that exist in the world around us. And we continue to grow. Each and every week, people are returning to our campus and people from online are moving on site and new people are joining us, especially in the area of new families. I mention all of this. Why? Because I think we have reason to celebrate. Amen? Amen. And as we've been, absolutely. And as we've been saying over the past couple weeks, God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. And there is even more to come. You see, at West Meadows, all these examples I've just taken a moment to list off for you are experiences, examples of what we mean when we say we are inviting people to experience new life with Jesus. And it's all about that. It's about Jesus at the center because of all these things that happen in the community, in the church, in our lives. It only happens if he makes it possible. And so today, we want to take a couple of minutes to learn about and to celebrate three ways that this can be experienced. One, we're going to talk about literal new life as we have some child dedications. And then we're going to talk about spiritual new life as people accept Jesus Christ and make that first time profession of faith. But then I want to end with an encouragement for you. I want to encourage you that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether it happened today or if it happened someday in the past, you can experience new life with Jesus every day. That is available to us as we deepen our walk with him. And in all these things, we give glory to God and we celebrate his presence and his power. So let's begin with this understanding of literal new life. For the past few weeks, you know we've been announcing that we are going to be having child dedications today. And that's where we begin with the celebration of literal new life. But I do so with some good news and bad news. Here's the good news. When we started asking people to let us know if they'd be interested in child dedication, uh, we had nine families come forward and say, hey, we've got children to dedicate. Nine families. That's not just a moment in a service. That is a service to, to dedicate nine families. And it was so exciting. Here's the bad news. As we've continued towards this day, there's been a lot of illness that's happened. Some coughs and colds are going back to school, but also some families who are wrestling with some COVID situations. And so our nine families has shrunk down to two today. So we're celebrating two families. That's awesome. And here's the other good news. That means we got seven in the hopper. And I know we got some other babies that are coming. And so, so we're going to do two or three more child dedication services later this fall and this winter. So this is just the first of, let's call it, well, maybe it's a new series. It's a series of child dedications that are coming to you this fall at West Meadows. But we're going to begin today with two. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with child dedication, let me take a moment to explain what this is about. And I'll do so by beginning with uh, referencing Psalm 127 for you, where we receive the following words of wisdom from uh, King Solomon, who says this. He says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man and the woman whose quiver is full of them. Now, when we see this word heritage here, it's often used in the Old Testament, which is where we find this psalm, in reference to the promised land that God had promised to his people. 
And this heritage of this is, is that this land belonged to God, but it was his gift to them. It's their part in his kingdom, and it was theirs to enjoy, it was theirs to steward and care for, and it was their sense of security that they had in the future as part of his kingdom. And their natural response was thankfulness. Their response was to worship him for this gift and this responsibility that he had given to them. And so when we talk about child dedication, the same principle exists, that children are God's gift to us. And as the families come join me on the platform here, we see that children are God's gift to parents. He has placed them into the hands of parents as a blessing to establish this beautiful thing that we call family and to show that it is a place in his kingdom as well. Therefore, child dedication is a voluntary act of worship where believing parents come before their friends and family and their congregation and they acknowledge to God the goodness that he has given to them in their lives. And they enter into a solemn promise, a promise to submit themselves, to be growing followers of Jesus Christ in their lives, in their marriages, and in their home. And they make a solemn promise to raise their child, to care for their child according to God's word and God's way, ultimately pointing themselves and their children back to their heavenly father so that their children too would have that personal relationship early in life. So let's take a moment and introduce these families to you because both of them are counted amongst those who are new young families to our church. And so not only do we celebrate literal new life with them, we also celebrate the growth of new life in our church here as well. Can you hear me? There we go. So we start here. We have Jethro and Christia, who have been with us for a number of months through our online ministry and a little bit here on site, but they are part of our West Meadows family, some of the new growth that we have. And they have with them Muriel, which is the French word for miracle. And she definitely is a precious miracle in their life. Hello, sweetie. I can't hold you because of COVID, but I want to. So I'll resist the urge and just stand over here. And for this day, they've selected the verse, a a beautiful verse, an appropriate verse for today from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it says, And these words which I command thee today shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently to thy children, and shalt talk of them while thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. That those passages, the heart of what we're doing today, to raise a child in the admonition of the Lord. So we're glad to have you with us today. Thena, who do you have there with you? Well, it's an absolute treat and pleasure to introduce to everybody Nathan and Ashley and baby Lillian. And for some of you, you might be looking at Nathan and Ashley and Lillian and thinking they look familiar, but why? Well, they are the poster family for our WMBC Kids 
Discover video, and they're also on the Kids Tour video, so maybe that's why they look familiar to you. Also, Ashley and Lily are kind of regulars at our chat and play for our mom's group on Friday, so we are so blessed to have this family. Now, to me, they look familiar for a different reason, because I actually had the wonderful opportunity of holding Ashley when Ashley was Lily's size, because Ashley is also my niece. So we are so grateful to have the Frake family as part of our West Meadows group, and such a special day to be dedicating Lily today. Now, I'd like to share with everybody the verse that they have selected, which comes from Romans 8, 38 and 39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Now I'm going to do something that my preaching teacher told me never to do. I'm going to turn my back to you. That's because I'm going to talk to them. <laughs> so <laughs> so. Uh, we believe that each child is a gift from God. That each child is a person made in his image with a soul that will continue forever. The destiny of that enduring life is significantly shaped by your hands as parents. And you have come to this service today to publicly dedicate yourselves to the holy task of raising your children. Therefore, I ask you to declare this purpose by responding to the following vows. Before God in this church body, will you commit yourself to being a growing Christ follower through your own devotion to God's word and to prayer, your involvement in worship and service, and your consistent Christian life so that you will lead your child in following Christ? And do you dedicate yourself to the holy task of parenting, providing a home in which your child will accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior early in life, and as a follower of Jesus Christ, will seek to know and do God's will in their life? She's excited about it too. The Word of God clearly places the primary responsibility for the spiritual training of children upon the home. But the church has such an important role to play in these lives. As your church family, you all will play a supportive role in helping to equip and to instruct these children through your words, through your examples, and through your service in their presence. And so it is right that I ask all of you as well as their church family, on site and those online can respond as well. Do you as their spiritual family commit yourselves to loving and supporting these parents as they raise Muriel and Lillian while also being examples of godly living before these children and families. If you do, say we will. Thank you. Athena, would you offer a prayer of blessing, please? Dear gracious God, we give you thanksgiving and praise. We say bless the Lord for your loving kindness and your faithfulness to all generations. God, you are the author of all new life on earth, and today we worship, we honor you. Lord, it's your divine hands that bring babies into the world, and today we celebrate children, we celebrate families. May we use our gifts and experience to fortify our families. Specifically, Lord, we pray for Ashley and Nathan as they guide Lily 
by providing her with an environment of love that will enable her to become everything that you intend her to be. And God, we pray for Christia and Jethro as they care for Muriel, knowing that she is a treasure from you. Give them strength and understanding to be a godly influence for her always. Above all, we pray that Lily and Muriel will receive you as their personal savior. This is the heart cry of both of these families today. And when these parents become weary or heavy laden, God, we trust in you to give them rest. Thank you, Jesus, that you do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. You are the kingdom. You are the power. You are the glory. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. This is such an exciting time in the lives of these families, but also for our growing church family here at West Meadows as well. And as we've just emphasized through the vows that we've made, but also through the prayers that have been offered, we not only want to encourage and support these families through our examples, but we also look forward to the opportunity when we can again celebrate with these precious little ones as they experience the joy of spiritual new life, which is the second thing we want to talk about today. Now, when we say this idea, this idea of spiritual new life, what we're referring to here is the idea of hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. And then when we hear about what he has done for us and his gift of, of salvation, it, it, it just captivates a person's heart to hear about the grace, truth, and love of Jesus Christ. And it draws them unto him to the point where they then place their faith in him for this life and the life to come. And, and when we reference that, that transformation taking place in a person, sometimes we say that that's when a person is born again. That phrase, born again, is to experience new life through spiritual rebirth. You've probably heard that phrase before. You've heard that phrase, born again? Yeah, familiar to it. it we probably have an idea of what it means, but I wonder if you've ever actually stopped and thought about what is the significance of that phrase, born, we, we say it, we kind of know what it means, but, but what is the significance of born again? Because it has meaning. I, before I was a pastor, one company I worked for, I remember I was talking to this lady on a break once, and, and she found out that I kind of identified as a Christian. And then she said this to me. She said, I like most Christians, except those born again ones. I can't stand them. <laughs> so... So clearly, this phrase, born again, doesn't just have meaning in church. It has meaning in the world, too. So what is that meaning? Well, this phrase comes from John chapter 3. A night when a man named Nicodemus, who was a high-ranking religious official, came to speak with Jesus. He sought a meeting with Jesus. He, he, he came at nighttime as well, and, and probably because he wanted to avoid the crowds that had gathered around Jesus constantly throughout the day, but, but also he probably came at night because he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. You see, this Nicodemus, he's a high-ranking religious official. He's the man with the answers, not the man with the questions. So he didn't want to be seen with Jesus. But as he comes before him, there's just something about Jesus' teaching. There's something about the way that Jesus cares for people that just stirs his heart and it needs to be resolved. And so as he respectfully approaches Jesus at night, he says this in, in John chapter 3, verse 2. He says, Rabbi, we all are certain that you've come from God. 
that you are a teacher sent to us from God. Because no man could possibly do the signs that you are doing if God was not with him. That was more of a statement than a question, if you notice. But at the heart of what he was saying to Jesus is this. He's saying, Jesus, you have something I need in my life. And Jesus knows that that's the cry of his heart. And so he responds in John 3, verse 3. Jesus replied and said, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. There it is. Born again. That phrase, born again, that's where we get it from. Now to Nicodemus and to many people today, this phrase can be confusing because how in the world can somebody be born again? How, how is that even possible? And often we wrestle with these things because when we listen to the words of Jesus, we try to apply it to the physical world in which we know, the physical world in which we experience and live. And so you can probably even in your, in your mind's eye picture Nicodemus hearing this phrase and, and, and kind of contorting his face trying to figure out this born again idea. It's an odd concept. And so he asks an equally odd question. He goes, well, how is that possible when you're old? As if being younger would make that any easier. <laughs> but he's also trying to understand it through the lens of this. Through the lens of, well, how do I achieve? How do I do that? See, that's the answer he was expecting to the question. He was, he was expecting an answer to the question of, Jesus, what do I need to do to have what you have? What do I need to earn to have what you have? But Jesus isn't speaking to him here about physical rebirth. He's speaking about spiritual rebirth. The Greek phrase here can also be understood as born from above. Now to understand what Jesus is talking about here, what's involved, what's associated with this idea of spiritual new birth, we actually can start with the understanding of physical birth. And then apply those concepts. And consider, for example, when, when a baby is born, they resemble their parents. Right? That's, that's a common thing. When a baby is born, they tend to have attributes and a nature and appearance similar to their parents. Also, when a baby is born, they're given an identity because they're, they're, they know who their mother and their father is. And so their mother and father give them a name invite them into a family. And because they're part of that family and given that family name, they have eternal rights and privileges because of the family. Also consider that when a baby is born, they did nothing to earn birth. They did nothing to cause their own birth. It was beautifully simply a gift that their parents gave to them. Well, when a person places their faith in Jesus Christ... When they place their faith and become identified in his death for the forgiveness of their sins, they don't just become identified in his death, they also become identified in his victory of his resurrection as he defeated sin, hell, death, and the grave. They are born again, we say. They are given a new nature. They are given a new identity. They are given a new destiny because of the family that they are brought into, and they didn't earn it. It is a gift that they're born into. That's why we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it says, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new, the new life is here. And here's the thing, folks. This still happens. 
Some people think that this is not something that takes place in today's day and age. This still happens. People like Nicodemus are still asking spiritual questions. They are still seeking to resolve the stirring in their hearts that is unsettled by anything that exists within this world. And in fact, research and my own personal experience has shown that over the past number of months during this pandemic, these questions, these stirrings have become even more prominent And this past year here at West Meadows, many people have come through the physical doors of this church and through the virtual doors of this church, through West Meadows at Home, asking questions about life and faith and purpose and meaning. And each time they come through, they're seeking freedom and they're seeking encouragement and they're seeking hope. And each time we point them to new life in Jesus. Do all of them accept? No. But folks, we celebrate the dozens and dozens who did, who did say yes today. We celebrate their spiritual new life and we anticipate even more new life as people enter into a relationship with Jesus and then profess that through the waters of baptism. Even more of that in the months ahead. Amen? Amen. There are many here who remember the excitement of that day when they themselves gave their lives to Christ when they themselves stepped into the waters of baptism. The excitement and the joy of finding that spiritual new life, of of finding rebirth, of being born again in Jesus. But but here's something I want to leave you with today. It doesn't have to be a one-time experience. I want to encourage you to consider that that that's just a one-time moment, that that can be a daily discovery of the joy of new life that you can have with him every day. So one of my favorite metaphors when we talk about the Christian life, you'll hear me say this quite often probably, more often than I realize. One of the metaphors I love to use is the word journey. Can you relate to your life as a journey, your, your spiritual life as a journey? I'm not reinventing this here. This is the common one, but it's one that I absolutely love. And I love it because it's real. <laughs> If you think about any journey you've been on, whether, whether a trip you went on or, or, or your life as a whole or your spiritual journey, there are some seasons in that journey that are fun, that are smooth, that, that bring a smile to your face, and then there are other seasons that are not defined by those things. There, there are other parts of the journey that are the exact opposite of fun, smooth, and bring a smile to your face. And you just don't know. We have to navigate life and make choices and decisions, and and sometimes it's hard to know. We try to discern and prayerfully understand God's will for our lives, but there is a degree of faith with each and every step that we take. As I thought about this this past week, I was reminded of a family vacation that I took when I was 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 probably about 12 or so. It was a family trip when we went from B.C. to Toronto in four days in a car. Lots of experiences to see. Lots of things to see. Lots of things for my sister and I to fight about in the backseat. <laughs> if you've ever made a trip like that, you know what I mean. Our country of Canada is diverse. You will see so many different, different types of scenery, different people and towns, and, and the highway options of how you're going to navigate that journey. I remember there was one day we got up, we woke up in Jasper, and we had the choice. As as many of you know, when you're in Jasper and you're heading east, you can choose to go through Edmonton or you can choose to go through Calgary. We made the choice to go through Calgary because we wanted to go through the parkway. 
We wanted to see the ice fields. We, we wanted to go through the beautiful mountains and then see it just slowly turn to foothills until it turns to plains and just the diversity of scenery. And so that's the trip we made. It was awesome. It was great through the mountains and the ice fields and, and, and seeing things flatten out in the sunset. And that's the path that we took. We could have gone through Edmonton and seen different things, but we didn't. But here's the thing that makes that momentful, that moment memorable is that that was a wonderful trip. That was a wonderful day on that part of the trip. We could have easily chosen to go through Edmonton. And that day that we could have gone through Edmonton was the very day in 1987 when the tornado hit Edmonton. And we would have been on Highway 16. If those of you who were here in 1987 when the tornado hit, Highway 16 was not a place you wanted to be when the tornado was sweeping through Edmonton. You just don't know. But we need to walk the journey of life. And we need to understand that there are some decisions and some outcomes that we make that are going to be good and there are some that are going to be hard. There are some that we will choose and some that will be thrust upon us. And in all of them, we need to walk the journey and endure. But we're not alone. When we open the book of Lamentations, we see the prophet Jeremiah was going through a dark time in his own life. He was going through a season where he had warned and cautioned and pleaded with the people to, to return to God or he was going to bring judgment upon them. And sure enough, this point comes when they have lost the city of Jerusalem. They have lost their freedoms. They have lost the temple. And it feels like God has removed his hand of blessing from them because of the season that they're in. And so he laments. Jeremiah laments, which is where we get the book of Lamentations from. And in Lamentations chapter 3, this moment of suffering and chaos is fresh in his mind as, as he says this, starting in verse 19. He says, I remember my affliction and I remember my wanderings and the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. They had chosen the path towards the tornado. But, as he continues, he remembers the challenges. He remembers the hardship. He remembers the struggles. But then he places side by side his steadfast faith as he continues in verse 21 by saying, yet, yet I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Because of his compassions, it never fails. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. I don't know what season you're in right now. Maybe you're riding high in a, in, in a wonderful season of life. Or maybe you've been brought low lately by challenges and fears and difficulties. Or maybe you're just in a time of monotony. I don't know, but I do know this. I know that when we look at Lamentations chapter 3, we look at the words of Jeremiah. He reminds us that there is a constant in all of those seasons. And the constant is God's great love. The constant is that his compassion never fails. The constant is that he is always faithful to his people and to his promises. God is always planting seeds of hope. He's always planting seeds of love. He's always planting seeds of compassion. Always planting seeds of faithfulness into your life when those seeds can grow into new life. If we have eyes to see them. Can you see those seeds being planted in all the seasons of your life? as you go along this journey with Jesus. It's sometimes hard to see. There are some days when I struggle to see this myself. But I believe with my whole heart that they're there. 
And so when I struggle to see these seeds that are planted and, and the new birth and the, the daily new life that can exist with my journey with Jesus, I, sometimes when I struggle to see it, here's, here's what I do, and I encourage you to try this too, if you're struggling to see these things. One of the exercises I do is that when I lay down at night, as I attempt to close my eyes and go to sleep, and some nights we know are easier than others based upon the events that have happened through the day, but as I try to lay there and close my eyes, I, and my final thoughts of the night... I do a replay of the day, and I ask myself this question, where did I see God move in my life today? And I try to find three places I saw him move, I saw his presence, his protection, his provision before I go to sleep. Last week was one of those hard times. Folks, you know, I'm not, you know it's hard to navigate life, yet alone hard to navigate a church in the midst of COVID. We had a hard week last week trying to figure things out. And so I had one of those nights where I laid there and I thought, where did I see God move today? Where did I see that happen? And here, here's what I came up with. I remember that there was time during the day when I, when I was able to kneel down with my granddaughter Lydia and she took her first steps towards Grandpa with her arms out as she came to me and took her first steps. I will remember that forever. In this time of limited social gatherings that we have, sometimes it can feel like we're stuck, but no, I was able to rephrase that. We're not stuck. I had the ability to spend an evening with my kids and, and, their, and their partners as we shared time and played games and talked about life and nonsense. Many of you know that as, as a pastor, Nadine and I had a season where we had a son that was a very, cha very challenging for a season of life. Well, this week, God brought another pastor into my life who was just entering into that season. And God was able to take my past experiences and minister to him and his family. I saw God bring redemption in that. And yes, as we have new guidelines where many of our ministries are online and we, we have separated pews and we wear masks, yes, these are difficult, hard things. But did you know the board met about two, and a half, about two weeks ago, the board met to talk about what is it going to look like how are we going to do ministry this fall? As they prayed and discerned what that looks like. We came to a conclusion of guidelines that have been sent out to many of the ministry leaders and are slowly being rolled out into the church here. And wouldn't you know it? Even before any announcements came, they were completely in line with everything that came out this week. and Nothing had to change. And so while we don't like those things being in place, we could step back and rephrase it and say, this is evidence that God is faithful, that God is leading us. And if he's leading us in this season, he'll see us through this season to the next season. And we have even more new life coming. Why? Because he is with us. And as I have these thoughts go through my head, sleep starts to come a little easier. Why? Not because the situation got easier, but because my vision of new life with Jesus became easier. Why can we do that? Because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And folks, I challenge you that when you end the day in that fashion, when you end the day and you learn to have the ability to see and to identify new life that existed in your day with Jesus, not only does it make your last thought, which might give you a more peaceful sleep, but here's what happens over time. You eventually train yourself to start opening your eyes, anticipating the new life. And so you don't need to wait till the end of the day to see it. You train yourself to see it in the moment as you walk this journey of new life with Jesus. New life with Jesus is all around us.
We can see it in the gift of a child. We can see it in the joy, the celebration of spiritual new life. And in the daily discovering the depths of God's great love, of God's compassion, and of his faithfulness for us. At West Meadows, we invite you to join us in experiencing new life with Jesus by living out his grace, truth, and love. If we have more dedications coming in the weeks ahead, if you want to be a part of that, if you want to be part of that celebration, let me know. I'd love to add you to the list of people that we're going to be doing dedications with. We're also going to continue to share the good news of Jesus each week. We're going to share that good news, and if you do not yet have that relationship with Christ, if you still need to experience new life, to be reborn with him again, you can click online right now and somebody will talk and pray with you or you can come see me after the service at the front and I would love to talk and pray with you. And for those of us who are already followers of Christ who have made that profession of faith, perhaps you've lost sight of God's presence in your daily life. I pray that you will have the eyes to see God's movement to see where he is providing, protecting, and guiding us. And I pray that we will all experience new life with Jesus because of his great love, his compassion, and his faithfulness. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we give all glory to you. God, we thank you that you are shaping and forming us in ways and in times that we aren't even aware of, God. But all of it, ultimately, for your glory. God, thank you that you love us. Thank you you sent your son to die for us so we could have a relationship with you, that you could lead us into the plan that you have for us that is beyond what we could ever imagine. Thank you that Jesus comes not to steal and destroy as a thief, but he comes to give life in the full, life in the fullest expression, the fullest joy in this life and in the life to come. God, I pray that we gathered here as as the ecclesia, the church at West Meadows, that we would have eyes to see your movement in the ministries and in our church family, but also, Lord, in our own lives, in our own homes, in the, in the workplaces, in the schools, in the community centers that you call us to. God, may we go forth as ambassadors of new life, simply living out what we ourselves have experienced because of you. We give all glory and all praise to you. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen.